The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Charlie, thank you very much for joining us. We asked you to come in early today because we want to spend a bit of time at looking at ways of perhaps saving money during the year. But before we get to that, there was a question that was posed to both of us on Twitter last night. And quite a few people have been texting in as well about it. And it comes to this. People who are following the price of a barrel of oil say that it is back to the levels it was before the Russians invaded Ukraine last year. So why is it that our electricity and gas to the home is so much more expensive than it was a year ago? You're absolutely right, Matt. And wholesale gas prices are back at pre-invasion levels, pre-the invasion of Ukraine, which should mean that that gets passed on to households. But it's not happening. All we've seen before Christmas is a pledge from Electric Ireland, which is part of DSB, the biggest... State-owned. State-owned, biggest electricity supplier, very profitable. Commitment that they would forego profits and give a 50 euro credit to, to their customers, which they're getting at the moment, their electricity customers. And we saw SSE Electricity did it first. They said, look, they'd forego profits, um, which is very positive. But look, we could do it more. We could do it unit rate costs. So why the hell aren't they not passing these on? Well, what they say is, the, the, you know, the, 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 the wholesale prices and particularly mm. gas determines a lot of gas is used in, in um, electricity, electricity and we generate and we, we import an awful lot of it. We're not getting an awful lot from the carb field. And that is still expensive, uh, even though it's fallen back to pre-Ukraine invasion levels, uh, because if you go back to 2021, it's about 60 percent more expensive than it was in 2021. Plus, it's very volatile. It was up about a thousand percent at one stage. But they buy these. They have these contracts. It's called hedging, where they buy Ford um, wholesale gas to use that to generate electricity and you know they're locked into those contracts. So this sort of smooths out the peaks and troughs? It's an attempt in to theory. Cool it, in theory to smooth out the peaks Unless and troughs. Unless they hedge at the wrong price and hedge at too expensive a price. Well they may well have done that as well and this is probably why they're a bit reluctant to take on switchers at the moment. They're trying to discourage them because you know they, they, they've hedged maybe at an expensive rate and they've, they, they, their hedging arrangements are for a certain number of customers and they don't want a whole lot of extra ones. But look at the, 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 I suppose the only thing here is that what they'll say is if we see sustained falls in wholesale gas prices and, you know, uh, uh, oil prices, that that will be passed on eventually, but it's going to take a while. So it could be a couple of months. But look, I think more pressure should come on. I think we are due some unit price cuts. The, the scale of the increases have been astronomical. Electric Ireland, as I, I, I'm singling out, but they had three big increases last year. One of those increases was 38%. In total, it's about €900 Euros more you're spending on your electricity if you were elect- with Electric Ireland. And all the rest are the same. So, you know, really, we, could, we should see some of that coming back. Uh, uh, but it may take a while. But there's no... The other thing people don't get mad is they think the regulator has a role in setting prices. That doesn't happen. They're free to set their own prices, but there should be a role for the regulator in assessing whether these very profitable companies are are being fair to punters, to consumers. Okay, the listener says, to be fair to the petrol forecourts, they have been reducing prices, not seeing anything from ESB, etc. The the price of petrol and diesel has come down quite significantly at the forecourts. I noticed that the other day. And I think it was something like one fifty four per litre in a, a place where we stopped to get petrol. Well, that's pretty good for, that's, that's petrol, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, going into a hybrid car. Anyway, the point is that at the end of February, the various state-enforced or 
reductions in excise and VAT come to an end, don't they? Mm, they're due to come to an end. There's an argument in government now about whether the Greens will want to keep those there because they don't want to be subsidising fossil fuels. As they they want to return to the to, old, to, to rate. old, old rates of excise duty and, and the higher rates of VAT on your gas and electricity, uh, which would, you know, be very, very unpopular. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays because out. I would that would be a cliff edge for people. They suddenly would be paying more. And at the, very, and at the moment, they're, they're doing OK because most people are seeing this €200 Euros electricity credit coming through on, on, on their electricity bills, which helps with, with, with the electricity bills. But the last thing we want to see is, is petrol and diesel going up again because it's so volatile. I mean, you're absolutely right. The, the, the uh, barrel of oil was $120 at one stage. It's back to about $90 at the moment. Now, I know there's issues in relation to the dollar, that the dollar has increased in value against the euro mm-hmm. in the time. So that does push up the price a little bit. But I think a lot of people are seeing that the price of petrol and diesel has come down. The four courts mm-hmm. have often been criticised. And yet the electricity companies and the gas companies are unable to bring their prices down. They're keeping them up at the elevated levels. Mm-hmm. And I think they want pressure put on those companies well, it, to reduce prices again. I think the pressure should start from now, Matt. But there's also a government issue, sorry, that there's a number of things at the end of February that are temporary measures due to come to a halt. For example, the 9% VAT rate for, for restaurants, and, ho- restaurants and, and hotels as well. is supposed yeah. to go back to 13.5%. Now, from the point of view of the restaurateurs and the cafe owners and stuff, I think they're saying that they can't sustain this additional 4.5%. But it's also more money going out of the pockets of people if they eat out and drink. It and is. That, that has a whole effect on the whole economy. And all these things you've mentioned, there's a huge tax element in them. You know, a big, huge portion of your of your petrol and diesel is is, is tax and excise duty. Uh, you know, the, the the VAT rates. You know, there's there's a couple of taxes on your your, your electricity. There's PSO levy. There's VAT. You know, so it, it is very expensive. And there's figures just out this afternoon from the government. The latest exchequer figures showing a five billion euro surplus. So they can't, it can't be argued that the government, you know, uh, can't afford, can't afford this. Certainly can't, can't afford this. And I think there'll be a clamour for two things, Matt. Keep those, uh, re, you know, reduced fat uh, rates and excise duty rates. Keep those in place and pressure on the on these uh, energy companies now to start giving back some some cuts here in the unit rates for people uh, given the severity of the increases we had 61 different price announcements in 18 months it's been a savage uh, uh, round of increases for consumers and this all ties into the things we're going to be discussing to try and bring your costs down or to save money the rate of inflation may not be in double digits in 2023 but it's still going to be pretty high isn't it it is going to be high now there's some good news on that there have been some indications in France and in Germany, two big countries, uh, that there's a bit of an easing off, at least a topping off of inflation. So, you know, some of the commodity prices are falling back a bit. But you're absolutely right. A part of the problem is this dollar, the strength of the dollar tends to be an issue. But it's got to be hoped that that, that, that inflation has peaked. We can't be sure about that. But we've got to hope that that is the case, Matt, and that, that we're, we're due, uh, uh, you know, as consumers for some kind of a re- relief in terms of price rises this coming year. Now, Charlie, one of the things that you have on your list of things to do to try and save money over the course of the year was to move energy provider Will the energy providers allow you to do deals at present to move, switch and get better price by doing so? Well, that's an interesting question. It's not a yes or no answer, I'm afraid. Some of them just, you know, are trying to discourage switch, uh, switching at the moment. If you look at some of those price comparison sites, you know, they're, they're, they're not anxious for you to, to, to do some deals because the whole situation is so volatile for them. They're, they're, they're kind of uncertain about where they're going to be in terms of wholesale prices and what it's going to cost them. 
But there are still deals to be done. You used to get discounts of 40% as a switcher. They kind of paired those well back. You can still get 10%, which is not to be sniffed at. It's still a lot of money. You know, it still could be 200 euros on, a, on an electricity bill. And if you gas and electricity, you could be talking 400 euros here. So it's still worth your while doing it, Matt. Don't sit back and say, oh, they're all increasing their prices. Sure, they don't want switchers. They, they will do. Well, you may have to ring says, them out. They yeah. may not want to do it online. They may not want to do it through a switcher site, but you, could, you, you, you should be able to do if it. And it's worth doing it. Well, There's it's worth putting the old phone, put it on speaker and, and the mobile phone and just leave it there and wait till it's answered and do something else in the meantime. Listener says, I just spent an hour comparing electricity prices as my contract is coming to an end. Nearly all energy providers are offering the same rates with only one or two cent per unit difference. It's back to the old cartel situation with these companies. Yeah, they're all, you know, they're, 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 there's no massive competition at the moment. They don't really want switchers at the moment because the whole situation, as I say, is so messy. But there still is decent value out there. Marginally ahead, according to bunkers.ie, is Electric Ireland for electricity. They tend, they are just the cheapest at the moment, but they're not making it easy for, easy for you to switch. And if, if you've gas, SSE air, air, electricity, uh, a, a good value on gas, energy, and not far behind. And then look at if if if, if you're using um, home heating oil, you know kerosene, like one and a half million people are. Those prices have been very volatile just before Christmas when the cold snap and because people were panicking to get a fill up and there's some restrictions on the amount of oil they will give you. But look, you know, the prices have come back a bit there, a fair bit in in the last while uh, in, in terms of home heating oil. Question here from a listener, Elaine, who wants to know, ask Charlie if he thinks interest rates will go up by much more since inflation seems to be easing. Well, that's got to be... Ho- I have a story in this morning's Independent and I just hope it's out of date uh, with, with today's news that, that inflation has peaked a bit in Germany and um, and France because it's indicating that... The, I asked a range of experts, you know, cross, cross-section of people, academics and, and uh, people in stockbroking firms, people in the market, and they all reckon there could be another three interest rate rises in, in, in this coming year, which is pretty severe if you're on a variable rate or if you're on a, a, a tracker and there's still maybe 150,000 people on trackers. So the indications are that there will be more interest rates, but they will reverse. They, they, will, they won't go ahead with all of those increases if they think that inflation is easing off a bit and that there isn't this wage price spiral. I wouldn't be so confident about that, Charlie, because I think central bankers are determined to stamp out inflation and it still is high. It's still about 7, 8, 9% in many EU countries. There may be another one well, you know, going on to interest rates to actually get inflation back to the 2% target. Who knows? The, the safe assumption here is to assume that there will be more increases. That's the safe assumption. If you're exposed to those increases, speak to a good financial broker, you know, if, uh, or if you're coming to an end of a fixed rate, get onto your bank and see you can lock in again now. Now, even if you're not right at the end of it yet, lock into another fixed rate. Uh, if you're on a tracker, take advice about whether or not you should stick with that. Assume that they will increase, that rates will increase, so you might be exposed. What about other loans that you might have? Say, like your overdraft or a term loan or credit card. Is that something that people often forget to refinance when there might be cheaper rates available? I think a lot of people don't realise that you can probably refinance. And probably the first best part of call sometimes is your credit union. And you may be able to consolidate, take, take an overdraft and a credit card loan, put them in together, get a decent rate off your credit union, which might have a good introductory rate because they have loads of cash. You just can't get enough people to borrow. That's their big issue that their, their, you know, their loan to asset ratios are, are, are not healthy. So they're eager to lend to you and at good rates. There is competition out there. There are other players out there like Avant Money. So you, you, yes, take your loan, look at it, see what you're paying, go on to the, 
Competition and Consumer Protection Commission website, ccpc.ie. That's a state body. And they'll give you a good comparison of different rates and you could do better and you could shave a lump of money off what, you're, what you owe. We need to take a break. Charlie Weston, Personal Finance Editor with the Irish Independent, is staying with us. But we'll also be joined by our tech expert, Andy O'Donoghue, who's going to talk to us about apps that can help you manage your money. When we come back... The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. During the break there, Charlie and myself started talking about the local property tax. When does that have to be paid? Unfortunately, pretty soon, Matt. If you pay by a debit card, credit card, cash or cheque, it's due on the 12th of January. That's next Thursday. As soon as that, 12th of January. Now, I pay mine monthly. I find that much easier. There's nothing worse than a one big one-off bill. Because if yours is an annual debit instruction, that kind of once-a-year direct debit, you have until the 21st of March. But that's a big hit, in, 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 you know, just to take in one. So try and space it out if you can. Well, that brings me to what I was going to ask you about budgeting and setting up a budget. Because... I know exactly what you mean because every March I suddenly get hit oh jeez I have to pay that and then back at the end of July I get a house insurance payment I get a reminder and that has to be paid and these are suddenly big lumps Mm. that come at you almost out of nowhere They are and you know with insurance sometimes it's just not worth paying that one monthly actually I I know I'm saying pay property tax monthly but with insurance sometimes they charge a hell of a service charge for paying monthly so you know um, and, and home insurance as well has gone up about 12% 12% and that's mainly because it's costing more to rebuild a house that, that, that you know if anything awful happens but yeah I mean you know you, you really need to set up reminders and, and, and you know there's a lot of free software and stuff on well, your that's phone That's why I'm going to bring Andy and Andy O'Donoghue who of course does Tech Tuesday for us every week Thank you for joining us a day later than usual Andy <laughs> Have you come across good apps that people could use to try and manage their money better? Well, there's a few, Matt, and there's a few, I suppose, dedicated budgeting apps that people like. In Ireland, um, Plum is particularly popular, as is YNAB, which stands for You Need a Budget. And um, they've increased in popularity over the last couple of years. However, what we have seen are that the app and online versions are uh, offerings from the pillar banks are starting to embrace some budgeting features, but then there are also exceptional kind of uh, efforts being made by the likes of Revolut, who have got really good at adding in those pockets for savings or allocating specific uh, bills, you know, so that you, you, you're you never a payment behind. So there's a number of choices, both paid and free, and it kind of depends, I think, on how many bills you have and perhaps how big your family is. Yeah, so do some of these apps, do they actually charge you, which might seem a bit counterintuitive if you're looking to save money? Well, they do. And I think one of the important things about them is for them to work properly, I think they need to be synced or integrated with your bank accounts. So if you have a current account or two, or you have a deposit account, to get your income sort of measured and analysed and your spending, you need to integrate them to the software. So the first thing you have to do is make sure that you can do that. Now, we mentioned YNAB, You Need a Budget, and they do integrate with uh, practically every Irish bank. So AIB, Bank of Ireland, PTSB, and then Revolut and um, AIB Business, say, they do all that. But that costs almost €100 Euros a year, Matt. So you think, well, that's a fair outlay 
just to kind of get my budgeting set right. Whereas if you're using, say, the free tier of Revolut or even paying a couple of euros a month, you have those budgeting features, which I think, and I have found I'm a Revolut user, I think they work pretty well. How difficult is it to set up an Excel sheet or a Google sheet to actually manage your monthly outgoings and incomings? Well, I think this is a really nice option and there's a couple of things here. So I like the idea of an Excel. I think if you have a big family or um, perhaps you're planning for um, house renovations or maybe buying a new car or you've got kids and college fees and it's a complicated kind of a budget, uh, an Excel sheet. And, and literally, if you have Excel, you can download the free templates. And there's some brilliant household budget planner templates available on Excel. But even online, Matt, um, the CCPC, the Competition and Consumer Protection Commission, have an online budget manager that's really good and allows you to start with income, social welfare payments, child benefit and other uh, monies that you receive. Then you subtract essentials like food and utilities. And then you can add in discretionary spending like nights out or a birthday. And then um, you can email that to yourself so um, for later analysis, which is very clever. Okay, I'll leave you go, Andy O'Donoghue. Thank you for joining us. Other things to save money, Charlie Weston. What about health, private health insurance? Should you get rid of it or should you switch to a different provider? There's no sign of anybody getting rid of it. The figures are just up, up, up all the time and all the people on trolleys, that will just mean that people will not give up their health insurance. Or does, people are very attached having to health it. insurance does not get you to an emergency department any faster. It won't no. get you off a trolley into a bed. No, but this is the way people think. If I need a, a procedure, uh, a selective procedure, I don't want to be put on a waiting list to have to wait two years for it. That's the way people think. Um, but the, the strange thing is most of us are on the wrong health plan uh, and they're, they're immensely complicated. It's 320 of them out there. The average plan is about 1,400. But you probably can do better. Uh, you know, the thing to do is ring up your health insurer again. Just, you know, again, you have to make a phone call. Set out what exactly is important to you. What, what, you know, what private hospitals you want to go to. You don't necessarily have to have the kids on the same plan. And, and, and say, look, here's my budget. I want to save a bit on this if I can. I want similar levels of cover. Uh, here's my preferences. I want sort of refunds on GP visits or whatever. And just see, get them to list out what they have on offer. And, and, you know, you don't necessarily have to go to another insurer. Just go to your existing one. But if you're really smart, you'll try that with all three of them. And, you know, there are plenty of good value plans out there that they won't tell you about, like the corporate plans, which are available to everybody. There's plans for under €1,000 for adults, like VHI Enhanced Care 350, Leia Signify, Irish Life Health, uh, budget, uh, Benefit Access 300. I mean, they're plans that are under €1,000. You can, you can get a better deal, but people find it immensely complex. They don't want to tackle it, but they should. OK, I think that's where the biggest saving could be for many people. Uh, what about, I'm almost loath to suggest this one, but could it be that people have too many subscriptions that they don't need? I think you're probably right, Matt. And, you know, this is why it's important just to, to look at what your spending is, you know, to sit down, uh, print your out budget. Your, do a budget, print out your bank statements and look exactly at what's coming out every month. You might be surprised what's in there. For example, you know, uh, the central bank found that 21% of, of, of people have a, a mobile phone insurance that they, they don't have the, the mobile for anymore. They're still paying for an old mobile and don't have that mobile. You're, you, you were right with subscriptions. There's a lot of, there probably will be, will be subscriptions in there that you probably don't need. Do you really need Apple TV on top of Netflix, on top of Disney Plus? You know, uh, yes. maybe you could save <laughs> some money on some of them. Do you need all the sports packages? Look at it. If, if, if it's tight, if it's tight in your household, uh, you know, j- j- look at and 
see. It may lead to uncomfortable conversations around the dinner table if you're going to cut out some of the, some of the subscriptions. But just be aware of what you're buying and make sure that everything there you're buying is, is, is something that you need. You're right about the uncomfortable conversations. <laughs> you, know, you or I could be sort of regarded as the penny pinchers because we're trying to take away other people's pleasures by cutting the bills, huh? Well, this is the problem, <laughs> you know. It, it, it is tough for everybody at the moment, so sacrifices have to be made. That conversation has to be had, I'm afraid, Matt. <laughs> OK, and one final listener. Tax rebates, are they worth checking out. They are and not everybody gets you know what they're due. For example if you're working at home you're entitled to 30% uh, of the cost of that electricity and uh, energy for, the, for that time that, that, that you are working not, not obviously for weekends so that it's definitely worth yeah, getting. So the 30% ends up in uh, cut and cost and cost and cost. Well look it's a few bob for you. You know you, you, 20% back on your, on your prescriptions and GPs uh, if you're not getting money off your health insurer. I mean that, they're, they're always worth claiming. You can go back four years as well. Charlie Weston, personal finance editor of the Irish Independent will be with us every Wednesday throughout the year here on The Last Word at Today FM as he has been for many years now. We look forward to seeing you and Happy New Year for 2023. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.